0: Who do we have over here? This is Kate. This is Kate. She's three weeks old. Three weeks yesterday. Aw, Kate, she looks great. I I know that Joan brought some food to your house, didn't she? Because we we had chocolate chip. You know, we have those chocolate chip bars at her house, and so I just remember going, "Why this little batch?" And Joan said. We gave the other batch to some people with a baby, and uh, so they're kind of famous around our house, those chocolate chip bars, so. Now, we had a friend who was super, super good with people, and he used to get lots of food given to him, (laughs) so he, he named his garbage can The Spot, so he worked with so many elderly people, sometimes he'd get food that he wasn't sure, like what year this milk was purchased in. You ever had that? So they'd say, hey, how did it go? You know, did you appreciate it? And he said, oh, that really hit the spot. <laughs> he, was too, he didn't do it to be mean. He was a super sweet guy. And that's why people did nice things. So he wasn't really, he wasn't making fun of them. But I found it to be very funny. <laughs> really hit the spot. <laughs> Thank you. So hopefully those chocolate chip bars didn't hit the spot hit this spot right there. Okay, good. Good. Remind me of your daughter's name again. Kate. Kate. Oh, my memory. Kate and everything went well, huh? She's sleeping good through the night already? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Are you, does Dan get up in the night? Will he? Nope. He's like, nope. Sorry. Um, We've worked this out ahead of time. That's her part. Okay. As long as you got it worked out, that's the important thing. (laughs) I don't remember getting up too many middle of the nights. So is Joan working with kids today? Okay, because I didn't see her. Okay, this message could get out of control today. Woo! (sighs) Okay, uh, part one will probably be a few minutes longer, so it might feel like part one, and then we go back to worship. Receive our offering, a couple of announcements. When I come back to part two, it's going to feel a little shorter, like we're, it's just a wrap-up. But that's just the way it broke out today. Um, but we'll see. My subtitle is, From Boneheads to Brain Surgeons. I didn't use spell check, and I was kind of hoping I spelled surgeon wrong. <laughs> but it looks right. Uh, From Boneheads to Brain Surgeons. It's a really amazing to me, like over, now that I'm, how old am I, Brianna? 56. I told someone I was 58 this week, and I didn't even correct myself. They're like, oh, you're almost 60, and then later I was going like, 1963. I'm 56. Okay, slow down. Take it. But, you know, it's it, some cool things about getting older are seeing people, seeing stuff really develop in life, right? Like when you're young, you're like, oh, another whole school year. This nine months, it's going to take forever. Like, And then now you get to a certain age, and... 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, 48 months, you know, they're all kind of in the same relative time space in your gap. Like, time's moving quickly uh, as you age. And I do believe we're coming closer to the end times, and like, there's a supernatural calendar that the speed of Earth, I feel like our time continuum is moving a little quicker. Like, these days are going faster. Um, uh, I don't know what it would have been like to. Live among those first dwellers of earth, like Methuselah living nine hundred and sixty nine years you know at fifty eight he would have been still like slobbering and having boogers that enter the you know I had one son and he was really sloppy, you know, and he would get slobbering so much that yeah how many have had a kid that slobbered so much it embarrassed you so you put a bib on him all the time you ever have one of them okay so um he would look like he was working out, you know, like three years old. He looked like he was sweating and working out because it was just like all wet right here. And I remember we got a little puppy from the youth group. They said they loved us, and they gave us a dog. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, Dylan was playing with some Legos or something on the floor, and he has mouth open, and he just, he's just drooling. And, and Sophie came right up and was like lapping out of his mouth. <laughs> And he was going, you know, while the dog was just drinking right out of there, you know. And then when you see kids like that, that over, you blink your eyes and they're developing into like humanoids, you know. And they're middle school. They're middle school. They're almost starting to look like a human in middle school. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't act. No, just Okay, I was trying to. But awkward kids, becoming a walking and talking, engaging person. To me, it's always odd when we get together with Joan's family because she has a younger brother. That's the age of our oldest daughter, okay? So, uh, you know, my... Brother-in-law is the age of my oldest daughter, okay? So he was a surprise child. They had a family meeting. All three girls are in high school. They're having a family meeting. Hey, what's this about? We're moving? No, we're having a baby. And if three high school girls, they all, you know what they say, oh, gross, you know? You know, like, So But so it's, it's wild to me because Donnie was, like, in my wedding, and he was the ring bearer that you had to keep an eye on. And during the ceremony, he was sitting there, you know, squeaking on my tuck shoes. He was right beside me, and he was sitting on the floor going, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, kid, you know. So. Nowadays, I'm smarter. I just tell when I do a wedding, I just say, okay, have the cute kids come down and then sit down with Grandma and Grandpa in the front row. Like, I try not to let them on the platform during the host ceremony. It's doing everyone a favor, by the way. So... But when I see Donnie, who was just this little squirt kid, you know, and now when we get together with family, you know, he's in his thirties, he's in his mid-thirties, and it's just weird. Like I, I have these visuals of time capsules where he was that that little kid, and now he's usually the smartest guy in the room. He's usually interested in lots of topics, and and he's unassuming in his personality. He's successful. He's kind. He's a great dad. You know, and just kind of go like, wow, it's really cool to see this kid, you know, this who's not a kid anymore. He's somebody that I listen to when he has something to say. I can see Grant and Greg Doherty in my brain when we had those DeBoer things uh, back in, was it Rock Valley, Carmen? And under the bank, we'd have those DeBoer family things down there. And I remember, like, taking Greg, Greg and Grant were both good wrestlers, you know, in high school. But old uncle Lance you know what I mean I had a lot of poundage on them, and I would I just remember being able to take them both down at the same time throw them on top of each other give them the <laughs> you know I could whip up on Greg and Grant at the same time oh uncle Lance it was no problem but now they're grown men they're almost human if you meet them <laughs> but they're super cool guys It's cool to see over time, though, people mature and how engaging and and how interesting for the disciples. As we're working our way through the beginning of the book of Acts here, they have leaped. They have made a quantum leap from disloyal, unsure, self-promoting, self-preserving to on fire, Holy Ghost preachers of the gospel standing up to the most powerful people in the world. As we've read about the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in chapter 1 and 2 and 3 over the past few weeks, here in Acts chapter 4, the Holy Spirit manifests in this really unique and, I think, dynamic way. We find out, because it's a continuing story of chapter 3, where the where the silver and gold have I none, What I have I give to you and he went walking and leaping and praising God if you weren't here last week. uh, I was walking and leaping. I was jumping all over here last week. You should have saw it. Listen to the podcast. okay? but um, we find out that this panhandler who was walking and leaping and praising God that the story continues into chapter four and. At the end of chapter 4, or there, you know, there about verse 22, it seems like in my brain, uh, you find out that this guy had been crippled for over 40 years. And he was banging at the gate beautiful. He was a well known panhandler. I mean, this guy had been there 40 years. And Peter erupts. After this guy goes walking and leaping and praising God and spontaneously begins to preach to the crowd the good news of Jesus, after, and after his message, there is this uh, historic response. Thousands are added to the church that day. And after the crowd settles into the evening, he's arrested. Peter and John are arrested and put in jail. And the work of Jesus takes these regular guys and enables them to speak with the tongues of angels leading thousands to Jesus in one day. One of the biggest evangelistic outreaches recorded in history was a spontaneous, seemingly spontaneous, stand up to your feet, speak up, Peter, who's an uneducated fisherman. And don't those words just go together anyway? You know what I'm saying? Uneducated fisherman. Elbow your neighbor if he's a fisherman. There's a fisherman just came in. Wow. Greg's like, that was the best sermon I ever heard. I heard him say something about fishing. That's all I heard. Now, Greg, don't take this personal, but this is my title. And it's in my notes was the next thing I'm going to say. This doesn't have anything with you coming in right now. From boneheads to brain surgeons. A wisdom from Jesus is resting on these young believers. Listen, verse one, look, look up the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the words or heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Now, biblical scholars would say they, uh, they were only doing a head count of the men. That this group probably uh, resembled some ten to 20,000 people responding to this message. One day, these fishermen are preaching on the street and the people are responding of historic uh fashion thousands and thousands and Jesus as far as everyone knows as far as everyone considers publicly is dead and gone and and he's not on earth anymore and the religious leaders are again threatened by this uh outbreak this miraculous outbreak of the of the man who is uh begging at the gate, and now is walking and leaping and praising God. Everyone's talking about that miracle. And now when Jesus is proclaimed as the author of that that miracle through Peter, people are responding in in historic fashion. And the smartest Jews of the day gather and strategize how to shut these guys up, how to entrap them. Listen, verse 5, the next day. So they leave him in jail overnight, right? And they have time to strategize. The elders, the teachers of the law, met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, the former high priest, John, Alexander, and and others of the high priest's family. They say that Annas and Caiaphas are related, and it was kind of a, a transition of the Jewish leadership during this point in history. They had Peter and John, brought before them and began to question them by what power or what name did you do this now when you listen to the bible ever on tape if you ever do i i now nah, tape that kind of dates me doesn't it the master um digital recordings of uh of uh, the scripture um uh when i listen to that on my well never mind on my reel to reel you know uh by but I always like that when you're, li- if you listen to audio, because I, 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 do. Um, they always change the voice. I like the one where they change voices for different personalities. But the the Pharisees are always like this. By what power or what name did you do this? It's always some perkly little weird voice. Some of you are saying sounds eerily familiar to your regular preaching voice, Lance. <laughs> They're saying, surely this isn't you. You did not do this by your name. And when they ask by what power or what name, this is some people who have power and names. Caiaphas, Annas, the high priest, the high priest family, the, those that have been uh, given the, the, the voice of, a, of, a, of God's people. The people that have been given a reign over, as long as they don't buck the system of Rome, the Jewish nation is allowed to kind of run independently or sovereignly underneath Rome. And when these men are arrested, Peter and John, and brought to trial, they are very aware that these people that have brought them in have snuffed out the life of Jesus and they're holding on to the power, the little power they think they have, and it's big in their minds, of the nation of Israel. And they are asserting that you do not have permission from us to be out here proclaiming this heresy about Jesus of Nazareth. They're, they're definitely making it clear. You are speaking, and you are not under our umbrella. Ella, Ella. A, A, A. <laughs> okay. You kids listen now, because I'm being really relevant. <laughs> the disciples are on defense. As this encounter starts, they're thrown in prison, and immediately, uh you know, after this... Amazing, you would think, amazing thing. This guy's walking, leaping, praising God. The crowds are all praising God. There's a big movement of people that are responding to the lordship of Jesus, Jesus Christ. And Peter is having to stand before the, what is, in their eyes, I'm sure, the most powerful people that they'll ever come in contact with. And I'll bet his friends didn't advise him to speak this way in this moment, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people. See what he's 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 recognizing who he's speaking to. He knows how powerful they are. Rulers and elders of our people. If we're being called to give an account today today, for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. This is a dramatic. This is not a uh, watch your tongue. This is not this was not uh, his best friends advising him to speak in this tone. Peter quotes, though, a song, a psalm that they probably grew up in in the temple singing, Psalm 118. He quotes uh, that line and it, it, and it had been a line regarded as Israel about Israel, that Israel is the cornerstone. They're the capstone. They're the the apple of God's eye. But God is fulfilling and reconciling Israel and the world in Jesus Christ. It must have been so shocking for those with Peter sitting in jail uh, at the words that he said. This is the high priest probably coached like, uh, say your eminence, say your reverence, bow down before you speak to the high priest. Who knows what kind of what kind of countenance he was beco- being coached that that he was supposed to have when he's in front of these kind of people who have been uh, clean and uh, um ceremonially cleaned and their robes flowing. And I bet you they came in all their pomp and circumstance to show the big difference between them and this dirty prisoner verse 13. But when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary man, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus as The book of Acts begins, not only is the Holy Spirit enable uh, these disciples to be witnesses, not only is it so natural that I call it supernatural, not only is the name of Jesus so profound and powerful that the man goes walking and leaping and praising God, but here in Acts chapter 4, we find the power of the Holy Spirit can transform Beavis and Butthead into Socrates and Aristotle. And the leaders were not so impressed with Peter and John. They didn't notice any gifts and talents about them. They were astonished, and it was obvious to them that Someone else was behind what they were able to do. It was obvious Jesus was behind these amazing things that they said and did. And they saw the courage. And they knew that there was a lot on the line. That they were preaching a dangerous message in a hostile environment and out of position. Today... People will ignore a preacher on the streets, right? Like, I've been on a lot of missions trips, nine different countries. I've been all over this land, both far and wide, seen all the big cities. Yeah, the countryside, seen the rich man living off the fat of the land, the beggar in the street holding out his hand, seen the guilty of murder, the first degree. Yeah, the preacher, the teacher, and the Pharisee. Okay, anyway, sorry. I was a youth pastor in the 90s, okay? It just comes over me once in a while. And I have open air preached. I don't remember once a crowd being upset about it. I remember people walking by. I've seen, I preached in, I remember once in Santiago, Chile, and we were downtown in the square, and it was, it was like a uh, Friday night, uh, first Fridays in Sioux Falls, kind of like the crowd, you know, when our, our downtown looks like it's really, there's a lot going on down there. It's pretty, pretty cool, and I was open air preaching, and and people just walking by. People not offended in the least bit. In America, if we get you on a bullhorn around First Friday, there's going to be some people who roll their eyes. Maybe some who yell back a comment at you. I doubt we're going to have a, a mob uprising against you declaring the goodness of God in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, in the open air. Probably hardly anyone We'll take note. Probably no one will be angry at you. But in Jerusalem, to speak in Jesus' name in this moment, Jesus had just been executed for not denying that he was the Son of God, for saying, I am. And to speak against the Jewish, pious spiritual leaders and call them murderers that's what he goes on to say here we're going to read it he calls them murderers will hate speech be dangerous in our nation one day maybe it's not difficult for us to even believe anymore is it that that the words of jesus could be considered hate speech in america that's not a big leap if you're watching the news it's considered hate speech in Rwanda today, and we have friend, we have a friend in prison still. But for Peter and John, this was a very sensitive topic in one of the most hostile regions of the world, and it still is today. And people in power could pay starving people. There were a lot of starving people. 95% of the culture that this New Testament arrived to were people who lived in poverty that were concerned about their safety the basic needs you're to be fed to have a place to sleep to to live safely you don't think these high priests could flash some coins and scrape up a few false witnesses who would line their pockets and have food to eat for a month i'll promise you it was no problem because it happened to jesus and it could easily happen to peter and john It was a real and present danger. And the most trouble I've ever gotten in is maybe a few extra push-ups in the Marine Corps boot camp. Made me what I am today. Maybe some gossip behind my back. Maybe not getting invited to some parties because they knew I was a teetotaler for Jesus. What would I do if I was arrested or thrown in front of an angry mob in San Francisco? It's not hard to think about, is it? What would I do? How would I defend the name of Jesus? I've got to be honest, I don't know. But isn't that the role of the Holy Spirit to help us? That God just asks us to be willing to be available. I don't think we have to plan those things out. If we're people walking in the word, if we're growing in him. If we're allowing his Holy Spirit to live and breathe through us. If we keep going in our knowledge of him and his word and stay open to the work of the Holy Spirit. It is Jesus Holy Spirit power that can Fill our mouths with the wisdom of the ages, if we're willing. Yes, Holy Spirit will give us the boldness, even. Will you stand with me? Father, we gather here in the safety of our country, but, Lord, continue to position us in our hearts as uh, willing participants, uh, willing to risk the comfort, willing to risk the the position, the reputation. God, that, that when the time comes, when you ask us to stand before people that can influence our future, that can make life hard for us, that we won't shrink back. We'll be ready to speak and defend the powerful, wonderful, awesome name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's look to the Lord with his offerings and his ties our offerings his ties we thank you Lord you may be seated as you just prepare your offering and uh keep a spirit of worship as you're giving and uh, if talking about giving to the Lord upsets you, puts you on edge, then you don't understand yet. You haven't quite gotten it yet. Because when I think about giving, I'm so humbled that that God has given me so much. And uh, may the Lord's generosity fall on us as a people. Not to make us look good that because we paid for other people and we, we bought others coffee and we bought their lunch. Lord, yes, make us generous people like that. But God, help us to be a cheerful giver that we know that you've everything is yours, the earth and everything in it. We're just recycling a little bit of what you've asked us to, that you want to test us and see if what's in us is pure, or to see if our treasure is something on earth, rather than the pearl, the priceless pearl, the wonderful gift of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for changing us. Be honored as we receive this offering today, in Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead Joan takes care of our checks some of you do that online so you don't have to worry about impressing people it's not about giving to look like you're giving or to care what anybody else sees or knows it's about honoring God and knowing that he sees thank you Lord the popularity of Jesus and his name had shifted in at, by Acts chapter 4 Jesus To a lot of people was out of sight Out of mind Chapter 4 signals a beginning Of hostility Towards the Jesus followers The religious leaders They never did anything Unless They checked the, the Temperature in the community Unless they Their polling numbers um, You know supported what what they wanted to do unless they knew that they could persuade the masses to to go along with their decision they arrested jesus in the middle of the night didn't they and notably probably to avoid an uprising among all these crowds people went home okay break it up it's getting dark go back to your houses we don't have street lights in jerusalem during this time they probably did have some lanterns but those things are you know it's getting dangerously dark here, and probably to uh, avoid an uprising among those crowds, they do the same shady thing they did to Jesus to Peter and John here they arrest them in in the night A, a detachment escorts Peter and John to their holding cell, and as the elite minds and their powerful religious the, the uh, religiousness came prepared with their lawyers, you know, to entrap Peter and John. These Pharisees and Sadducees, they were the elite minds. They were the legal professions because often the rabbi, what, he, he judged between people too. He was kind of like a court all, all in one. He was kind of like police, court, you know, everything all in one. He had his whole team, and they were ready to entrap these simple fishermen, Peter and John, well-known companions of Jesus who themselves had very limited ministry experience publicly. And what they had came from this non-sanctioned rabbi, Jesus, who was too young in just his 30s, 30 to 33 years old. And to Jewish men, you, weren't, you didn't have anything to say until you are 50 years old. They didn't usually call anybody a teacher yet until they were at least 50 years old. You didn't know squat until then. And they must have thought that they were going to tear these fishermen to shreds. That that we're going to let them know uh, the the Messiah doesn't come from Nazareth. Nothing comes out of Nazareth according to the scripture. This chosen one is is coming from Bethlehem, right? Uh, He's going to be the son of David. David. And they must have thought, we'll tell them where the Messiah is to come from. We'll quote the scriptures to them. We'll remind them of what Jesus said about tearing down our temple in three days. And look at it standing. And look at how golden and shiny and strong it is. It's still here and he's gone. And instead, the Holy Spirit enables these ruffians or fishermen, the words go together, to speak like rocket scientists. They noticed that the Spirit of the Lord was upon them, and when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. They were astonished. In the Greek, the ordinary men, that that word ordinary in the Greek, guess what it is? (laughs) Idiotes. Idiotes, they mumbled right under their words. Idiot, these guys are just idiots. And then the Greek for unschooled, look it up, grammatos, where we get our word grammar, means illiterate. And they weren't slamming them as in these guys are illiterate, they can't read. It wasn't about that. From what I've learned, it's not an insult that they were like, <laughs> these guys are just a bunch of simple fishermen. Instead, it was illiteracy as far as education. They hadn't been trained in the elite schools of these rabbis. They were not trained to argue the scriptures and to give a biblical defense for Jesus. How could these fishermen grab Psalm 118 and bring in the significance of Jesus being the cornerstone? How could they preach like like a prophet like that, and move the hearts of the people. These are not orders. These men are not trained uh, apologists. Jesus didn't sanction these followers of his through the proper chain of command. They, they're not ordained or licensed or, or, or given any kind of papers or mantle. There wasn't enough time to train these bean heads. The kind of stuff they're doing takes a lifetime of ministerial training to be able to speak like that, to, to bring these scriptures together like this, to speak about Jesus in this way. And that's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, brothers and sisters. Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world. How many are a candidate for foolish things? Where are you at? Over half of you. The other half? We're going to talk about pride in just a moment. (laughs) Not many of you are wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. Joan is a Van ralty that son of royalty. So she was born of no... But not many of you. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. Believers in Jesus, you have everything you need to represent Jesus Christ in these last great days, no matter the opposition, no matter what the media says, no matter who's blogging out there, no matter what's being said. The religious accusers had another huge problem on their hands when they were accusing Peter and John. The guy that's walking and leaping around for 40 years sat by the gate called Beautiful, And now he's walking and praising God. Since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, There was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and then they conferred. They had a little meeting. What are we going to do with these men? Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they've performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them. We must threaten them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. And they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's sight, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. Loyalty to God over wanting to be liked by people. And these were some powerful people that could make life really difficult for them. If they put it out in the community, no more buying tents at Paul's tent shop. Guess what all the Jews would do? They would no longer buy tents from Paul, the Apostle Paul's tent of tents with double-line stitching and 10-year warranty. H.G. Wells would say, the trouble with so many people is that the voice of their neighbors sounds louder in their ears than the voice of God. It was said of John Knox, he feared God so much that he never feared the face of any man. D.L. Moody would often say when challenged uh, for the intensity that he lived his life in his prayer life, he would credit Henry uh, Varley, who told him once, the world has not yet seen what God will do with one man fully consecrated to him. (laughs) He would go on to say, I will be that man. Confidence in God, boldness in Jesus' spirit, it's not us. Your testimony might connect with folks, it might not. You know what? It doesn't matter whether you've lived whether you've experienced these hardships that they have, whether they, they lost someone to cancer, they, their, their spouse left them, this one, their business went under, oh, I, I, I've never experienced anything, it doesn't matter when you're telling Jesus' story. I like how Roy Clements states, testimony is telling people what Jesus has done for me in my personal experience. But evangelism is telling people what Jesus has done for the world and all mankind. Amen? After further threats, they let them go they could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising god for what had happened for the man who had miraculously healed was over 40 years old that's really old jesus name still causes the secular world an angst still can be disruptive in the office can still cause a little uprising a little upheaval in the warehouse at the at the civil picnics and the holiday gatherings, when someone whispers the name of Jesus. We're all we're often told, keep that Jesus talk in all the right places at the appropriate times. This is a business, or 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 these are good clients of ours, or these are our best customers, or or we don't want to. Lose any of our connections. But Peter said, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard of Jesus. Wouldn't that be a great anthem said about us? We just couldn't keep our mouths shut when it came to Jesus. Amen. Will you stand with me? Why is Jesus often such a harsh, noticeable word when it's, when it's spoken? Because you're basically telling the unbelievers of this world that they're wasting their life. <laughs> that they're building nothing, that they're doing nothing of significance on this planet without Jesus, and that's not easy to swallow for anybody. We just put your hand on your heart or over your mind or over your ears, whatever's connects with you the best. Lord, would you fill us with this Holy Spirit build boldness in Jesus' name? Lord, would you help us to have courage, Would you help us to overcome fear? Would you help us overcome worry about promotion? About respect? About being liked? And want to honor you more than any other person or persons or business in the world. May it be about your business, Lord. The kingdom purposes, God's people, servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, and humbled by it. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Went a little past eleven thirty. We sit for a minute. How many will give me just one more minute? We sit, sit down just for a minute. Who'll give me a minute? There's Neil. One minute. Anybody else? Give me a minute. Two minutes, thank you, John. Three, Maddie, there you go. I just wanted to take a moment to, Doug, you still need a few people for the banquet? Another 10? Okay. Would you open those back doors, Doug, and stand by that door? And then if you didn't get a chance to sign up or consider serving at the banquet September 9th, the first night of Monday Night Football, and uh, I don't know who's playing the first Monday night. Anybody know? Not I, not, I know there's not a good team playing Monday night. <laughs> Everybody's saying that. There's got to be somebody who's a fan of who's ever playing Monday night. Nobody cares. Okay, good. You're so spiritual. I love it. Okay, I don't know who's playing the first Monday night, but we're serving at the banquet, and uh, that's why I have a DVR if I care about a game. I just record it. Um, so we need a few more, about a half dozen here and there, and some people that can come in early and at two o'clock to prep. So Doug, go out there, open that door up for you. I didn't mean to shoo you, Doug, but you' you're, shoo you. I'll go back there, Doug, stand with the clipboard and look really sad. And uh, so it's opportunity for us to serve together as a community. Um, Carol, did I need to mention anything else? Yeah, yes. We are still going to be gathering Is that two weeks from today? Two weeks from today, there'll be a sign on the door that says, hey, here's our locations that we're going to be. Uh, Carl and Chris have made your home available. Uh, Joan and I have made our home available. We're still, we want to, we'd like somebody on the west side yet. We haven't got any west siders committed yet. And Lennox doesn't count. (laughs) That's really west and south. But uh, so, if you have a ho- home available on the west side or somebody you haven't seen in a couple weeks at church, um, text me their name and we'll make sure we'll have uh, a few locations together. We'll pound that out over the next week. We'll just take a slot of the time out of church and we'll text some people in church to see if they can come to the house church, which location. So we make sure we kind of have a balance around uh, our location. So yeah, we're going to meet in houses. I'm kind of pretty excited about it. And on September 15th, anything else? Youth convention will be over, I I don't know the date of youth convention, but we'll start putting that up next week so we can start getting ready for our students. That will give us six, uh, well, about eight weeks to promo youth convention and and, uh, make some awareness of what's going on there. I'll get that done before next week. Anything else you needed from me? What? I know this kid that's working for me on the side job that I paid her 50 bucks, and I said, what are you going to do with that 50 bucks? She goes, you know what I'm doing with that 50 bucks? And I started rolling my eyes like a parent, and I went, she's already spent it before she's finished the job? She was like, I'm going to youth convention. Then I went, oh, sorry, Lord, I repent. What a good kid, working hard, trying to earn a $50 bill towards youth convention, like that, Okay. Let's stand together. Lord bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for giving me a couple extra moments. Shake somebody's hand. Hug somebody. Take somebody to lunch. Hang out in the goodness of the Lord. Thank you guys for playing, hanging out.